0: what's happening everybody welcome to the show welcome back to bd4 episode 438 of the podcast today as i am recording it is saturday november 19th 2022 as you are listening or watching it should be the same exact day i'm going to try to get this episode up by tonight Episode 438 of the podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA, Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. I'm your host, RJ Carbone. Let's get into it and let's talk some Yankees. All right. Welcome to BD4, an RJ Carbone podcast. BD4. Where there is no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. We also do MMA. Yanks every series, Knicks every game, MMA on occasion. BD4 is a five star show on Apple Podcasts, also available in video format on YouTube and Spotify. So thanks for stopping by, and we hope you enjoy the show. Champion of the World! Looking, see ya, Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is it tied. Is Time, Time. creates, and shows some dexterity as well with the left no. hand. What's up? Welcome back. It's been a few, uh, it's been like a week maybe, <laughs> but we are going to go over Yankees. It's been a week since we talked Yankees. Um, you know, a few things have happened over the last couple of days, over the last week or so. Um, it always happens as soon as I record something about one of my teams in the off season. like as soon as I publish it, something happens. So, since we've last spoke, um, I guess we'll first talk about the Anthony Rizzo deal. Um, You know, so, like a few days back, there was that report that came out um, that the Houston Astros were viewing Rizzo as a number one target. And then, you know, all of a sudden... The very next day, not 24 hours later, the Yankees suddenly jump in and they sign him. Um, I'm thinking that had to be Rizzo's camp, making that, putting that out there. Because um, it just, yeah, it makes too much sense and it makes no sense for Houston. Um, but yeah, the Yankees are bring Anthony Rizzo back, fine with it. Uh, two years, $34 million, plus a club option for 2025 at $17 million with a $6 million buyout. So, uh, that's a very good value deal. I like it. Um, yeah, he had a good season last year, man. He, you know, north of an 800 OPS, 30-plus uh, home runs. He got on base at almost a 35% clip. Uh, low K-rate, everything, right? Clutch hitting, just a good, solid run producer. Obviously, he's going to provide that lefty presence in the lineup. Um, And, of course, played very good, great defensive first base. Um, And he's a great clubhouse leader. You know, obviously, he and Judge... Have a tight-knit relationship. But, of course, my biggest thing. Why I'm happy. Why I'm glad that Rizzo's making a return to the Bronx. This guy hit for us in the playoffs. And he hit for us when every other Yankee, not named Harrison Bader, um, wasn't hitting. Dude had himself a hell of a playoff. That's why I'm bringing him back. Bet at 276 throughout the postseason. Eight RBIs to lead the team with Harry Bader. So, that's why I'm bringing Rizzo back. Because that's the first reason. The dude hit in the playoffs. Um, now, you know... I would like for him to be a little more consistent in the regular season. He only hit two twenty four. We did win the division last year, this past season. Um, But, you know, who knows? Maybe with a little more consistency, the Yankees can take home field advantage next year. But, you know, I'm thinking that banning the shift, banning the super shift, where you have three guys on the right side of the infield, maybe that's going to benefit Anthony a lot. He's a guy who hits the ball very hard. A lot of line drives to the pull side. So that took away a ton of hits for him. He's also a contact bat. So it's not like with Gallo, you know, where you can just go like. Like with Gallo, it's like, yeah, the shift is gone. But he still strikes out three times a night. Rizzo doesn't strike out a lot. He'll strike out once every other game. Like he only had 100 Yeah, let's see. Yeah, it says on the screen right here if you're watching. 101 strikeouts in 130 games. So, moderate. So, I'm happy he's back and I think that the shift being banned, the super shift being banned will benefit. Um, You know, I'm hoping that Rizzo can at least get the average back up to the 240s. 250 would be nice. Right, that's usually the benchmark today with power hitters. But um yeah, the the Rizzo deal is done. I think the Yankees are first trying to retain the guys that they like. Um so maybe like Ben could be next. Though we'll get to left field in a minute because I've got some things to say about this international kid from Japan. We'll talk about him in this show. Um, maybe Judge is next. Maybe Aaron Judge after winter meetings in a few weeks. Some say, you know, with Rizzo and Judge being close, that they've probably talked about where to sign together. I don't know. I I think it honestly just comes down to money. That's it. I think that's your modern athlete is they're going to worry about money first. Um, it's, you know, I know Judge is isn't, You know, it doesn't come off as that guy, but some of the things he's been hinting at and saying uh, says he's going to chase the money. That's You know, it's, it's more of a, it's, it's no more both a game and a business today. It just feels like it's strictly a business. You know, we had a damn lockout a year ago. Um, but I will say if I am Aaron judge, I use that leverage that I have to get the Yankees to go out and spend on the big fish. That's what I would do. He really should. He you know, if I'm him I'm saying, "Yeah, I'll come back. Um, but I'll come back if you promise me Trey Turner. Promise me Carlos Correa. Although I'm not really that high on him anymore. But Trey Turner or DeGrom or Verlander. Like I would I would use that leverage you've got, man, cuz you got all the legs right now. Um yeah, that's what I would do. But, again, he's looking at dollar signs, and he's going to go to the highest bidder. Um, He won the MVP, and it's official. It happened, uh, the AL MVP was announced the other night, along with the NL MVP. But um, Judge beats out Otani. He comes in second, uh, Otani comes in second place. Um, Judge received 28 first place votes, and Otani received just two first place votes. Um, Two maniacs. Huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it wasn't close at all. And it shouldn't have been close. It shouldn't shock anybody. Anybody not named Ben Verlander. Huh, or, you know, whatever other freak. Tried to make Otani a thing. It shouldn't shock you. Um, and I'm sure people on Twitter who hate New York City... Or expressing their extremism, their anti-New York extremism, right away and calling it a robbery somehow. Like, you can think that Otani won it, but if you think it was a robbery, you're out of your mind. Um, but again, here I am talking about it, and I always say I don't care too much about the MVP. Um, the real MVP, I, I do care about, Jeremy Pena. You know, the World Series MVP is, is the only MVP that really matters. Um And it's a shame we don't really hype that award up enough. But I will say, how funny would it have been... um, If, like... Neither Judge or Otani won. And the MVP won to the third place guy in... Alvarez, who's also on Houston. (laughs) I thought that would have been hilarious. But, um... No, it didn't happen. Judge wins. Um... Banton announces it on um, on MLB Network, who totally milked it for. They turned it into a two hour show, which I think they usually do. Didn't announce it until 8 p.m., but you know it was a nice moment. Judge has family with him. They interviewed him. It was cool. Um, Goldschmidt had won the NL MVP just a few minutes before that. Um but next for judge, uh, you know honestly, should be working on that playoff resume. Get you a World Series MVP, you know. I'm just saying cuz that's the only true thing I care about. <laughs> I'm still salty, man. I, I can't get over the fact that he went 1 for 16 in the biggest series of the season. Um I do think though with a big contract next year and The expectations now, people are going to be on Judge to do some big-time damage. Now, I don't think he's going to hit 60 home runs ever again. Who knows? But I think people are going to expect this guy to, you know, to do big things. You know, at least bat 280, slug at least 40 home runs, at least a 900 OPS. And those are pretty conservative numbers, honestly. People are going to have their expectations, rightly so. Um, I do think the Yankees ultimately acquire Aaron judge. I do. Um, I, I think that Hal, you know, listening to some of the things he said over the last couple days indicates that he won he might want to spend um, talking about how that's not going to stop me from signing other people. He quoted that. He also said, we have plenty of ability to make your contract happen, Aaron, um, and still have money to make other things happen too. He said that. So, I don't know. Maybe he felt the heat. You know, maybe he didn't like being booed at the Derek Jeter ceremony. Maybe he admitted that he was offended by that. Maybe that's all it took, you know, to light the fire under their ass. Who knows? I mean, <laughs> I I, I doubt it, you know, and I'd be a hypocrite to buy into talk because I always say I say too often that talk is not just cheap, but it's meaningless and useless. Um, So at the end of the day, show us, don't tell us. Um, I still do. I have a a much better feeling that judge will be retained. I'll give you that. Uh, I'm going to guess and say the Yankees go in the ballpark of eight years at three thirty which I think amounts to $41, $42 million annual value. So, something like that I I think could do it for the Yankees. Um, I think Cohen is out. There were the reports of of collusion, but who really cares about that with the Yankees and Mets? No one cares. Um, I think the main competitors are going to be San Francisco and obviously Los Angeles, uh, the Dodgers. Because obviously the payrolls of those teams and obviously Judge grew up in the Bay Area, um, grew up a Giants fan in San Francisco. So I don't know. It, it, he could very well go there. Um, we'll just have to find out. Um, one second here. Right, I had to answer a text. My father wanted to know if he wanted steak for dinner. I said, yeah, I would love some steak. Um. Oh, the judge sixty-second homer was not sold for three million dollars. The guy did not sell it, and he wants more. So instead, what he's doing is he's going to take it to an auction. Which the first thought I had was, how insane and stupid must that guy feel—the one who caught Pujols' seven-hundredth home run? He sold the thing for three hundred K. Correct me if I'm wrong. But that ball should be just as valuable, if not more. 700 home runs, dude. That thing sold for only 300? I- I'm just still shocked by that when I saw that. Um, But yeah, the dude is going to sell it at an auction, uh, the Judge Homer. And someone did tell me, I think uh, it was Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast. You all know him. He's been on a few times. He told me that auction houses will take up to 20%. And so if this guy was to sell the ball at like $3.5 million at an auction instead of taking the $300 million sell, then he would still walk away with $300 million or $3 million because of the cut they take. So it's risky to do what he's doing. You know, he's going to have to sell the ball for a lot more than he was going to sell it here in order to still get more money after they take a cut. So going the route of an auction is definitely interesting. I'm, I'm gonna be paying attention to see how that plays out. Um, just so when he sells it for a lot more money, I'm gonna be pissed off and you know, looking at me trying to win five leg parlays for twenty bucks, and this guy's just enjoying life with billions, millions. Hey, good for you. <laughs> um, six million dollars. Of the Yankees money. Will be going to Isaiah Connor falefa Next season. As he uh, he made it. He made it past the tender deadline. Unbelievable. And it's six million. To me. You know I've made it known. That I don't mind him coming back. As a strictly off the bench utility guy. But six million doesn't sound like bench money. Doesn't sound like utility man money. Um. Maybe they're setting him up to be traded. That's my hope. But I don't know. It's going to piss me off if he's out there playing shortstop. Maybe they plan on having him play third base. But still, I don't really see him as a starter. I don't want him in a starting lineup anymore. I'm kind of over that. I want new faces. Um, But we'll fucking see. Also, um, Hayward and Bellinger did not make their cuts on the tender deadline yesterday. They're both officially free agents, I believe. Um, you know, no thank you. I, I found the Yankees. But I why, why do I get this feeling that Brian Cashman will jump on that because he loves those types, right? Veterans who's had, who've had some, you know, either a storied career or aren't too far removed from a great season. These reclamation projects, right? He loves that. They're going to be cheap. Maybe still some untapped potential in there. Like, he, I know that feels like a Cashman type of thing. Home run guys who strike out a lot. I just, I feel it. I feel it, and I don't feel good about that. Whatever happened to Bellinger, man? He was so good in 2017. He looked really promising. And then he just hasn't been anything close to what he was then since. Uh, just declining. Speaking of declining, the DJ LeMayu thing is odd. We got news that DJ is going to wait six more weeks, I think it said, until he decides what to do, get surgery or not. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, why? Like, what's the point? Especially if it's a relatively minor procedure, I just do not understand I just don't get it. Why don't you just get it out of the way? Unless he's scared to go under the knife. I don't know what the hell he's he's thinking. Just get it done. And if he doesn't get it done, I know what's going to happen. You do too. He's going to show up to spring training. He'll feed you that one-liner that every single pro athlete uses at the beginning of the season. Right? I'm in the best shape of my life. And then a week into camp, two weeks into camp, boom. You'll get the news that he re-aggravates it and he's going to be done for the year because he's going to need surgery then. <laughs> I just get, I get these pessimistic thoughts way too much, don't I? But, I mean, I'm usually never wrong. Uh, anyways, let's talk about this kid. Uh, I want to talk about this kid from, J- uh, from Japan. Um, when we get back from break, we'll discuss him and then we'll wrap it up from there. Stay with us. Hey guys, so if you are a listener of the podcast often, and you want to know where to find me on social media, you can find me on Facebook at BD4. You can find me on Twitter at BD4Pod, and you can also find me on Instagram at RobJCarbone. BD4 is located on many different platforms. You can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, and if you do there, be sure to give us a 5-star rating and review. You can listen to it on Spotify, but you can also watch the podcast on both Spotify and YouTube. BD4 is available on many other platforms as well. All you got to do is search it up Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and much more. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, RJ Carbone, and you are listening to episode 438 of the podcast. Um, so this kid in, um, sorry, this kid in Japan, um, and I'm going to try to pronounce his name correctly, and I apologize if I don't, Masataka Yoshida, hopefully I pronounced that correct, I probably should have fact checked and looked it up and found a video of how he pronounces his name, but whatever, we're just going to talk about him for a few minutes. Um, he is set to be posted to MLB free agency soon. I don't know if he's been posted already or is uh, about to be, but he's coming to the big leagues. He's coming to America. And I feel like we should discuss this because this is a left fielder. The Yankees are currently without one and he does some things I like. Um, He's the king of contact. That's the first thing that jumped out at me over in the MPB. Nippon professional baseball league um that's yeah, he's a contact guy. I looked at that. I was like, "Yes." Uh he oh, uh, this is a uh, wrong way. Wrong one. Here he is. Yoshida. Last year in Japan, he batted 336 with a 449 on base percentage. 1.007 OPS. 21 Home runs, 21 home runs, 89 RBIs, and 42 strikeouts across 121 games. He has got some incredible bat-to-ball skills. That's what I noticed. He had 82 walks versus 42 strikeouts. He doubled his strikeout total in walks, which is incredible as well. So he's a very disciplined Hitter, he's got a great approach at the plate. I I think I want this kid. Like I, I I'm pretty intrigued. I think he's the perfect replacement for if the Yankees don't bring back Benintendi, which I think they will. Just because he seems like he's an excellent leadoff bat. He's got the extreme contact skills. It's a guy who doesn't strike out. He hits the fastball, and from reading about him, he can hit the he can hit the slider. He bats for average. He's got a lot of power in the bat. He's got a ton of power. He can hit it far. He's got a great eye. He draws a ton of walks. So overall, he's got a great combination of power, discipline, and contact, which is the perfect style. For the Yankees and, and for the modern major leaguer. You know, today we stress the low K rate, the hit tool, the high walk rate, and the ability to hit home runs. If you could have a combination of that, you're the guy. He's also, he's a left-handed bat, by the way. So, there you go, you got more balance in the lineup, handedness-wise. So there are just so many things Screaming at the Yankees to at least take a look at the kid at least pick up the phone and make some calls and I think he'll come relatively cheap too I do I've been reading some articles and most of them have him topping out at around 15 to 17 million dollars on annual so uh, a lot of them say 3, 4 year deals 17 million AAV tops so that's 60 million dollar range in total Probably similar to what Benintendi will get, I'm thinking. And he's a plus outfielder in the corners, too. So, I'm intrigued. Um, Now, some of the questions on this kid. Has he already peaked? You know, he will be entering his age 29-30 season. I believe Benintendi is a year younger, entering his age 28-29 year. Um... You know, there are recent examples, of course, when guys post these absurd stat lines overseas and then they aren't nearly as great when they come over to America. Um, some recent examples being uh, Suzuki, I think, in Chicago. Say, is it Saya Suzuki? And that Tazugo guy, Tezugo, he's played for a few teams, I think. Um, they come to mind. 'Cause so I think they're only the, the two only position players right now from Japan at the moment that are with a team. Obviously besides Otani. But Otani's an outlier. I mean he's exceptional. Um but yeah, I mean you look at Suzuki's final year overseas, he batted three seventeen with a six thirty six slugging and a seventeen percent K rate. So far in the big leagues, he said one season, that three seventeen dipped to two sixty two. The 6.36 slug dipped to 4.33, and the K rate jumped from 17% to 25%. Uh, Tasugo, his final year overseas, 3.01 with a 4.22 slugging, 27% K rate. The K rate remained the same so far in three years in the big leagues. Uh, the slugging dipped down to 3.39, and the average is one hundred ninety seven. So, you know, just sometimes that lack of major league experience hurts a player. And it scares a lot of us, right? Though I will say that scouts and experts look at the uh, the NPB over in Japan. And they compare it to AAA over here in American professional baseball. So, if you had a prospect in AAA posting the numbers the way Yoshida just did you'd won him in the big leagues ASAP, right? I mean, look at us with Peraza and Volpe. And they weren't even killing it that much. So I think in all, I'm pretty intrigued. I think all in all, I would not hate this. Um, I honestly, and again, I love Benintendi. I was his biggest advocate when we traded for him. Um, I really wouldn't hate, though. I honestly couldn't get mad if the Yankees opted to sign him with Benintendi still on the market. Uh, it would hurt for sure. You know, don't get me wrong, but I'm pretty high on those Japanese guys because a lot of them do make great contact and a lot of them have great baseball fundamentals. And I think the Yankees can work with that and turn this guy into a pretty good player. The Yankees, the Yankees know how these guys, the Yankees have had success, big time success with Japanese imports. Like, is that the right word? I feel like that was a wrong thing to say. Imports, right? I've heard somebody else use that before. That's why I popped into my head. Um, but <laughs> if I had a podcast that was any bigger than than two followers, I'd be canceled. Um, but no, I mean, th- this kid. Um, so the Yankees, you know, they've obviously had Matsui. They've had you know, Meng Wong, Kuroda, Tanaka, guys who've come here and succeeded. So I think this kid could help. I think he'd help their contact problem in that lineup. Um, I think he gives them another lefty bat, a leadoff bat, just like Benintendi. And also like Benintendi, he's a good quality left fielder. He kind of reminds me of Shu Chu. Does anybody remember him from the Indians back in the day? Where he walks a lot, he puts the bat on the ball, um, and he's just your stereotypical classic leadoff hitter with sneaky power. That was Shinshu Chu to a T. Now, I don't expect this kid to produce the same exact numbers. But I think it's possible for him to reach a pretty high upside. You know, who's to say he can't hit from 280 to 300? Maybe give you 15 to 20 homer power playing as a lefty in Yankee Stadium for half the year. The K rate may not be Yogi Berra-esque over here. I think it was 8% over there. But maybe he'll still have under 100 strikeouts. Like, I can see that at worst. I can see it. And again, those numbers are very similar to Benintendi. So I get it. You don't want to take that risk. But yes, you know, given the projected cost at at what he is possibly going to be earning in in free agency, I would take the risk. I don't think I would hate bringing over this guy. Masataka Yoshida? Fun name to say, too. Those guys are usually pretty fun in the clubhouse, too. I've noticed that. They're very calm and stoic to the media. But guys like that are great in the clubhouse. Japanese players. I mean, I just think Ichiro was hilarious. Shohei Otani. He's got a great smile, man. He's a great clubhouse guy. I just feel like it could work. I get good feelings when I look at Japanese players. I, I, those, those, yeah, I've always been a fan of those guys. They usually pan out pretty well. They usually end up being solid major league products. So I'm not saying it's gonna fix everything, but I'm saying it's gonna help. Uh, I think there's a chance that this kid could be pretty good. All right, so let's get to our final break, and then we'll wrap it up from here. That'll be it. We'll get to the question of the day, and uh, then I'll see you tomorrow night when we talk Knicks. God forbid. All right, we'll be right back. Stay with us. We also have a website now for BD4. If you go to bd4blog.com, you can find the blog, the podcast links, and also where to find me on social media. Just go to bd4blog.com. Studio 69 Productions is a podcast production agency created by Leo Rodriguez to allow content creators to market their podcast. It's an online platform that will market your podcast or any other project that you're working on. Get in touch with Leo Rodriguez from Studio 69 Productions. You can find Studio 69 Productions on Instagram at Studio69NJ. Studio 69 Productions, where dreams are heard and born. Alright, welcome back to the show, episode 438 of BD4. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Let's wrap it up with our trivia question, and that'll be that. right, so... For this episode, episode 438, our NYY, NYK, MMA trivia question of the day is Two Yankees lead the franchise with three MVP awards each. Who are they? Alright, two Yankees lead the franchise with three MVP awards each. Who are they? Let me know the answer wherever you can reach me. If you get the answer correct... I'll give you a shout out on social media. Um, sorry, in your uh, yeah, I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. Sorry, uh, if you don't get it correct, but at, at least attempt to guess the answer. I'll let you know what the answer is on. Uh, I'll DM you the next episode or something. So one last time, two Yankees led the franchise, lead the franchise with three MVP awards each. Who are they, guys? That's it. We're gonna wrap this up. Thanks for stopping by. I always appreciate it. And I will see you in the next episode tomorrow night when we're talking Knicks. Um, They probably will lose to the Phoenix Suns. So that'll be a good time. Later. I'll see you then. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Anchor.